Folks, if you're liking what you're getting from 30MPC, the number one way you can support us is by subscribing to our newsletter. Every week, you only get two emails. On Monday, you get a content roll-up of everything that dropped last week. And on Fridays, I pick one topic and I personally write a deep dive on things like how to cold call, how to run a discovery call, or even how to hire an AE. So if you're liking what you're getting here, take two seconds, go to the show notes. You'll see a button to subscribe to our newsletter, or you can go to 30mpc.com backslash newsletter and do it there. We'll catch you soon. Cheers. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club. My name is Armand Farouk. I'm here with my co-host, Nick Sigelski, and we're also here with our guest, Mr. James. Say what sales, Buckley, the man with Jay Barris Consulting. Nick, why should people listen? Well, two things. James is setting an obscene amount of new meetings every week on LinkedIn, and he also takes us through some really good ways to use tone, not just in prospecting, but in your sales process. And a three, and a two, and a one, uh, here we go. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do, do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang. And you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. Today's tactic to triple your connect rate is brought to you by RocketReach, who provides data that lets you reach out to the right person at the right account at the right time. Every time you're reaching out to an account, pull down the contacts again. Yes, I know it sucks, but the average tech tenure is two years, which means 50% of the workforce turns over every year. So look up the account, pull anyone who was hired, and scratch anyone who was left. And one way you can pull verified and accurate data is with Rocket Reach. So if you like this, check out their toolkit on eight ways to triple your cold call connects in the show notes. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. Obsessive checking of your inbox is a total waste of time and brain power. Instead, commit to checking your inbox and responding to email at set times throughout the day. I'm a fan of Boomerang's pause inbox function to keep myself from getting distracted by my inbox. Now, we documented our best templates and tools to help you optimize your sales Sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that for free at the link in the show notes. This actionable competitive tactic from Clue is the trap question. Steer discovery toward the winning zone. If we're competing with a podcast that has no newsletter or webinar series, we might ask a trap question like, how do you figure out if those podcast listeners are making their way to your mailing list? And when you're in a head-to-head, there's no better way to prepare for your next competitive battle than with our trap questions and battle card templates from our friends at Clue. The link's in the show notes. Gong's going to help you run the five-minute drill at the end of all of your calls today. At the end of a call, pressure test the prospect with three questions. Number one, do you want to buy? If the answer is no, why set a next step at all? Number two, when do you want to buy? If it's tomorrow, we got to move fast. Number three, how do you buy? Based on the first two answers, I can now adequately decide if and how I set a next step. And this was stolen from the Gong 30MPC 90-Minute Masterclass, and you can steal it too in the show notes. All right, James, welcome to the show. You know we start every single episode with your top three actionable takeaways, so let's get your three. Yeah, so my first actionable takeaway is to look at affiliated companies. I say chase the rabbit down the hole. So every company has a piece on their website that has 
all of the companies they're affiliated with. And you can go through those companies and find a talking point because you're already working with someone they're affiliated with. I remember a show that Morgan and I did where we took a photo of a banner that had all these logos on it. That way we could go back to our desk after the show and look at all the companies, find our personas, begin conversations. So look for affiliated companies everywhere and you'll find that there's new people to talk to all the time. Very cool. What's number two, James? Mine your content. If you are like most successful salespeople today, you have an element of content that you're putting out there. If you get decent engagement on that content, go through those reactions, comments, likes, and shares, and find people you're not connected to that are second and third degree connections so that you can reach out and connect to them. That is really good for your pipeline because then they're exposed to your content and you have a potential new conversation, which always leads to new business. I always like a healthy pipeline. What's number three? Round us out. Dude, avoid the pitch altogether until you've earned it. This is something I think every rep, no matter what stage you are in your journey, struggles with. We have a hard time figuring out when the right time to pitch is, and it's almost always too soon. When we think about how we get reached out to as sales professionals, We already know that when somebody's inbound and they're like, I really like your content, we expect in a couple of days to get another message that's usually, let me tell you a little bit about me. And I did not ask you for that piece of information. (laughs) Like We have to earn that right to tell them who we are and what we do by developing a rapport and talking about them, being interested in them. That's what takes that barrier down and allows people to have open conversation with you. So I want to talk about avoiding the pitch because way too many people connect with Nick and I and then immediately bypass the podcast and ask us if we want more leads or anything like that. And the alternative to that is I have 10 DMs in my LinkedIn inbox right now where the first message is, hi, Armand, how are you? And I'm not going to tell everybody how I'm doing. So there's somewhere in between that you have a solution for us, James. So like, how do you sort of warm them up? We'll go through someone's LinkedIn profile and I'm going to look at a few things. I want to see what is their job description? Is it something they copied and pasted from the website or did they write this? Is it like about their job, right? I want to know that because I need to know the language to use when I reach out and say something to them. I want to know what I call their love language. How do they talk? Do they talk in data? Do they talk in accomplishments? Do they talk in growth? I need to speak that language, whatever it is. The same thing can be said about their about page. So that's my next stop. I look at their about page. Did they write it or is it like copied and pasted? Is it like a biography? I can learn a lot about this person and what kind of individual I'm about to talk to is. So that's my two stops. I look at the work history because if they worked at a company in the past that I'm familiar with, that's a great talking point too. That takes me like literally 20, 30 seconds to scan through that stuff and learn a little something about this individual. So then I, real quick, I turn my camera on, Vidyard, whatever you might use for video. And my first touch is a video, you know, Hey, what's up? Wanted to reach out. I'm not sure how many videos like this that you get, but I see that you do the following and you are somebody that I'm interested in because I see all these things that stand out to me. You're interested in growth. You're month over month, consistently hitting your, your goals. This is stuff that I talk about with people just like you all the time. And I would love to hear your story about what your best practices are. That is 100% about them. I never tell them who I am or who I work with because they don't care. They don't care about that. 
they almost always reach back out. Thanks for the video. I had one day that I did 90 videos like this to 90 cold prospects. And I, at the end of 12 hours, I had six meetings scheduled. Four of them were enterprise. Do the math. If there's 24 working days in a month and I never schedule more than six meetings and I only ever send 90 videos a day to 90 cold prospects, that's 80 meetings in a month. James, you are the master of being hyper-personalized. I remember you, in our first interaction, you sent me your cell and I was like, whoa, this guy, like, he seems like a cool dude and here we are now. I think oftentimes what my SDRs get confused with is, hey, I'm looking at breaking into this account. Do I tailor at the company level or do I tailor at the person level? And you're doing stuff on the personal. Do you have a perspective on which is better and why? Yeah. So the answer is both. And I use both. Notice that when I gave you that example earlier, I was like, saw you guys won that award. I want that story. I got to hear how you guys managed to, to win that. That's very account-based. But I see that you're the vice president of sales and that you're month over month hitting your quota as a leader. I need to know what tactics you're providing to your team. I would love to add value there and make it twice as good as it is if I can, right? Let's collaborate and talk about that, that's very related to the individual. So the answer is both. And you need to be able to do this on multiple platforms. When we are focused so hard on one or the other, it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy for our prospects, our customers. And they feel like you've become the sleazy salesperson that just wants my money. So we have to kind of find this integration between the two. You should be very account-based and be able to speak to those points, but you should also know who you're selling to. By the time I talk to somebody for the very first time, it's the strangest thing, Armand. I'm like, hey, I saw your daughter got married in Rhode Island. It looked like a beautiful wedding on Instagram. That was really amazing. You had a great photographer. And they're like, yeah, that was an amazing wedding. We had a blast. And it's not creepy. It's only creepy when the salesperson takes that step way too far. I'm kind of curious about how you structure your discovery. So like you go into a discovery, let's say you're meeting with Armand, he's a sales leader for the first time. Is there anything special that you're doing around setting a framework or setting expectations or an agenda in the beginning? Lately, I've been like, so I have what you told me. I did my own research. Assume that I know a lot about you because I often do if we're on a call together, but I want to make sure you get the most out of the call. The floor is yours. What do you want to talk about today? That opener right there is like, people go, oh, thank God this guy gives a about what I want to talk about, <laughs> right? It's not just this robot that's going through the motions. And we've all been there. We've all had account executives that demo the products. <laughs> I'm going to go through this side item right here. You're going to see all these icons. If I hit one that's interesting to you, just holler it out and let me know. And we'll stop the demo and I'll answer any questions that you might have. Does that sound okay for you? I'm like ready to hang up. I don't want to be on that call. <laughs> My question for you, James, is what if the prospect says they want to discuss something that you're not really qualified to discuss? Hey, I want to learn about your data security and, and disaster recovery policy. Can you tell me about that? How do you handle that situation? Be honest. Stop the confidence blocker that stops you from sounding like a professional and say to this person, this is month three for me. This is great questioning. I'm like super intimidated, but I want to make sure that you get answers. So fire off all your questions and I will write them down. I will get answers for these and I'll call you back later this afternoon. 
what is the best number that I will be able to reach you at two o'clock Eastern Standard Time? But if you get someone to a point where they're asking you technical questions, there is nothing wrong with drawing the line of what you don't know in the sand. I am the first person in the world to be like, this conversation is way over my head. (laughs) Can I tell you right now that I have no idea what you're talking about and I need to get someone else on the phone? Can we reset? Can I find a time that works better to have a deeper conversation that's technical? Like I did that at Cirrus Insight for years because I can't often answer those questions as an SDR. I didn't know all the ins and outs of salesforce.com. I, I couldn't tell you what that backend code looked like and what that API was like on the, on the back end. I didn't have the answers to those questions, ma'am. An SDR, dude. <laughs> Let's draw that line really quickly. But if you sell a product that is a tech product, the best person to reel in in those instances is a customer success person. Because not only do they know the sales lingo, and they know the use cases, and they know all the different things that people deal with onboarding the product, but they also know a little bit about the back end because they've dealt with troubleshooting with support consistently since they've been in that role. So they are great point people. When you have somebody and you're an AE and they're talking way over your head, it's a great moment to be like, you know what? I have a customer success director that is extremely versed in this problem. I would like to invite her to our next call. But keep in mind that if you set that hook, you now have the next stage agreed upon before the end of the call. And that is a good place for a salesperson to be. Because at the moment they ask you that technical question that's over your head, you're looking for that next, that next call date. And you're going to invite this customer success person that's going to be able to answer that question. Who would you like to invite to the call so that we can all powwow on this? And now you're inviting more power to the call. This is both company and persona and like, let's move to the next stage. We have to stop thinking sales cycle and start thinking human nature. How does this flow like human beings flow? Can I make a linear experience for my prospect? And if I can, chances are good. I'm going to have a equals dollar sign at the end of that equation. Doubling down on that and to Nick's earlier question, when you talk about, hey, why'd you take the call? In your case, they might say, well, James, we suck at cold calling. And you'll probably talk about cold calling for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. But you might know if you're selling an enterprise software, you might be able to solve that first feature for them. But in order to win the $100,000 deal, you got to sell them on these other things that they might not have came to you for. For you guys, maybe you have to sell them on filling the funnel. You might have to sell them on cold emailing too. And so how do you balance solving the problem that they came to solve with also doing a little bit of, hey, let me show you the other things that we got without having it feel like, but wait, there's more, right? I think at some point, no matter what they are talking about, if I can draw it back to a value that they get from the training, that is my go-to. And I will often say, you know, this has been great. Based on this conversation, I can point to lots of places in the training where you would get great experience to overcome this challenge. What else do you want to talk about? How else can I be valuable to you today? And you'll find, man, people are on to the next thing. You know what else is a thing for us? And you're like, okay, more discovery, right? More things I can tie back to the training, right? Yep. So we have a focus for that as well. And we talk about negotiation in driving to close and scoring the conversations. It's quite valuable for reps to know where to spend their time. So 
When you go to poke around at ondemand.jbarrows.com, make sure you check that part of that out because that's going to be helpful for what you're talking about. What else would you like to talk about today? Right? You know how they do this? They do this at McDonald's. You place your order. What else can I get for you? How else can I help you? Anything else today? What else for you? Right? And people just, they just keep adding to that order. The same thing happens in discovery, but you got to provide the answer. You got to provide the the value there and then be like, this is fun. What else you got? Almost everyone I talk to will tell you that that phrase is uttered in almost all my calls. This is fun. What else you got for me? Let's keep going. That kind of stuff right there. Just people just want to tell you. They just want to talk to you about it. Help me solve my problems is a human condition. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about some of your quick hits around some effective prospecting strategies. Like what do you do when you cold call someone? Yeah. So I have a couple things that I do. The first thing I do is my opener is, and it's kind of a, a mix of a couple things that I've learned over time. First of all, it's definitely the filling the funnel opener. Thanks for taking the call. That's the first thing. Like I thank people for answering the phone. Not a lot of people get thanked for taking cold calls. So it's a pattern interrupt right away. But then I say, do you have a moment before your next meeting? And in that moment, I've done two things. One, I've acknowledged the fact that you're a busy person and I'm not a priority and I'm aware of that. Do you have a moment before your next meeting? Before your next meeting steals their ability to say, I'm in a meeting away, which is a very common response in our world. When they say that, I often will say, you answered my cold call in your meeting? And they typically just hang up. That upward inflection is like, seriously, dude? Like, (laughs) they will just hang up, you know? I never get a call back. It doesn't happen. But my hope is that when I say that to people, they feel dumb right before they hang up, you know? Don't tell me you're in a meeting, dude. That's crazy. (laughs) But the other thing is disarming people by thanking them and then acknowledging that they're busy and then stealing that objection away. There's only a couple ways that that question can get answered. Yes, I have a moment before my next meeting. Wonderful. This is not going to take long. The reason for my call is super easy, right? Usually by then, they're like, okay, they're bought in. What's the reason, right? And you can go from there. Or they're like, nope, I don't have a moment before my next meeting. And I say, no problem. Thanks for the time. I'll call you tomorrow. You'll be amazed at how many people stop you and say, who is this? Because they don't want to call tomorrow. They don't want that. Or they're like, okay, thanks. And they hang up. And then guess what? You call tomorrow. What's up? Last time I called, it was not a good time. That was yesterday. Is today better? Right? Who is this? That's all I'm looking for. I want you to know who I am. But I'm not just going to volunteer it. I'm not going to do this thing that most people do. Hi, my name is James and I'm with JB Sales. And we do sales training for sales professionals in the SaaS space. Nobody gives a about that. They're not even listening to that when people say that. And people do this all the time. By the time they're done with that intro, I'm like, what do you know about me? And they're like, what? You're like, what do you know about me? And they're like, uh, and you can hear them like scrambling to their, to their desk. Like, look, oh, I see you sell better. Uh, you're a sales trainer, right? You're like, okay, solid way to be. Like, <laughs> what can I do for you? And they're like, uh, like they weren't even ready for the call, you know? So there's this like breakdown of like what's happening. Yesterday I had a lady call me and she was like, hi, I'm calling to transfer you to my vice president of sales. And I was like, who is this? And she was like, I'm calling to transfer you to my vice president of sales. And I was like, no, what's your name? She was like, I'm Cindy and I'm calling from, and she gave me the company name, not to be given away. But I was like, I was like, wait, what am I getting transferred for? And she was like, my vice president would like to have a call with you. And I go, then why didn't he call me? 
And she was like, uh, and then she hung up. So I called her back. So I called her back and I was like, I think we got disconnected. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. My vice president is going to have to call you back. What's the best phone number? And I was like, wait, you called my number. Originally, like when you called me, you dialed my number, but now you're asking me what my number, I'm very confused about what's happening here. And she was like, um, and then just hung up again. She didn't call me back and I didn't call her back. But like, that's the experience that buyers are having today. Right there is a great example of something that happens every single day that no one is talking about, that cold calling is just taking the hit, which is why, honestly, I put my phone number out constantly. My phone rings a lot, but not half as much as it should. Not half as much as it should. So what happened there was this person botched a call to you. And I had it happen to me. I made a cold call and I just completely like screwed up my opener. I called the person the wrong name and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I, I literally went to go hit the hang up button because I was so embarrassed. And I was like, wait, this is the ultimate pattern interrupt. And I literally ended up scheduling a meeting with like a really large enterprise prospect. And so what I would encourage listeners to do is when you botch something, it's actually okay. You talked about dump the confidence, like ego thing where it's like, look, you screw it up, actually own it and be like, okay. Now I feel kind of awkward and silly. You can kind of combine it with the humbling disclaimer that we talked about on a previous episode. Use the humbling disclaimer. I feel kind of awkward because I totally screwed that opener up. Can I take one minute and I'll, I'll tell you the reason I called and then, then you can really hang up on me? It's amazing what happens when we talk about act like a person, but if you do something that embarrasses you, you have to own it and say, I'm kind of embarrassed I screwed that up. So... What about closing out a cold call? Because you really have a lot of experience in the SDR space, James, where you've gotten someone that's interested and then they start peppering questions at you. At what point do you decide, okay, we're going to terminate this call and schedule next steps versus continuing to answer questions to generate more interest? I don't feel like you need to hammer it home if you've already got enough momentum that you can let somebody go and schedule the next step, especially if you've established takeaways, what are the takeaways? Okay. So for me, what I'm going to do on my end is this, what are you going to do on your end? Right? If you can establish those two things, next steps are there. It's time to let that person go about their day. Right? Because you have another call. You've earned the next stage, but like this one more question before I let you go. Right. Hey, I know, I know you got to go. I know you have a hard stop. I just have one more thing. Right. That stuff is the stuff that like subconsciously rubs our prospects the wrong way. And even if they don't, even if they're kind enough and Lord knows so many are, even if they're kind enough to not call attention to it and let you get away with that pushy salesman nature, they know it in the back of their mind that you are that way. And it's never a place that I want to sit in my prospect's head. Well, James, we talked through it all. We hit on prospecting, we hit on disco, we stopped checking in and touching base. And the question that we ask everybody is we talked about a lot of good habits, but what is your cell phone number? 305-632-6005. I like cold calls and text messages. Hit me up. Awesome. Sign them up for the cat text messages any day. And then more importantly, we talked about all these good habits, but there are a lot of bad habits to break. If there was one bad habit to break, Mr. Buckley, what would we break? One bad habit to break is pitching too soon. I still think that is the crutch. I will go back to that over and over because we go to it every single time. Break that habit. I would like to see that go away. Connect and pitch is a plague. <laughs> no connect and pitch, all right? And lastly, anything you want to plug before we jump off here? Yes, join us at ondemand.jbarrows.com. Invest in yourself. 
all of our sales training there for you, the frontline rep, the person that needs it the most. It's there for you. Hit me up if you want to talk about it. Let's be about it and keep making it happen. Everybody, James Buckley, he is a delight to have on, always smiling, laughing, having a good time. And you can have James Buckley in your pocket with Netflix for salespeople with JB Sales. All right, everybody, hang on for a 60-second recap email coming up soon. Cheers. Your top four takeaways from this episode with James Buckley include, number one, start all of your LinkedIn interactions with not a connecting pitch, but look at all the info about them and give them a nice tailored video with a smile. Number two, don't worry about your only personal or only account-based tailoring. Mix it up, stack rank your account-based and your person-based triggers and throw a couple of them in. Number three, start every discovery, not with what are your priorities or all these crazy questions, but rather with what do you wanna get out of this call? And then number four, open your cold calls with, hey, thanks for taking my call. Do you have a moment before your next meeting? It's a pattern interrupt and it acknowledges that they're busy. Nick, how can people help us out? Money. Well, it's your Zoom info actionable insight tactic is called Jane's moving up. Why? Because that's the email subject line you'll use when you get a real-time notice that your prospect Jane just got promoted. From there in the email, explain how ZoomInfo helps rising sales leaders win their first 90 days on the job by highlighting coaching opportunities or supporting a team-wide prospecting push. And you can try out this trigger-based email template for prospect promotion and four other scenarios inspired by ZoomInfo's go-to-market plays. Link in the show notes. Otter AI's Otter Pilot for Sales gives you the freedom to sell on your discovery calls by taking notes for you. One of the best ways to deepen your discovery is to ask your prospect about the impetus behind their goals. So when a prospect tells me they want to advertise on more sales podcasts, I'll say, well, it's not every day that you wake up and decide you want to sponsor a podcast. What's causing you to even explore this in the first place? Now, we put together the ultimate discovery checklist with our friends at Otter AI, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. Here's my secret to being a sales superhuman. It's auto reminders for everything. If I expect any reply from a prospect, I press command H and superhuman pops it right back into my inbox if I don't get a reply in two days. That means if you handle an objection, if you suggest times for a meeting, or if you ask for cuts back on red lines, always create a two-day reminder task and assume they will not reply. So if you want to follow up on time every time, you can get a free month of superhuman by checking it out in the show notes. We mentioned in the beginning, we are looking for sponsors. So if you'd like to make an introduction so I don't have to go cold calling after hours to potential sponsors, again, Starbucks gift card, bottle of wine, or a chili cheese dog. You get any one of those three. Just send us a LinkedIn message and uh, that's the best way to facilitate the introduction. See you all next week on 30 Minutes to President's Club. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. Obsessive checking of your inbox is a total waste of time and brain power. Instead, commit to checking your inbox and responding to email at set times throughout the day. I'm a fan of Boomerang's pause inbox function to keep myself from getting distracted by my inbox. Now, we documented our best templates and tools to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that for free at the link in the show notes. Gong's going to help you run the five-minute drill at the end of all of your calls today. At the end of a call, pressure test the prospect with three questions. Number one, do you want to buy? If the answer is no, why set a next step at all? Number two, when do you want to buy? If it's tomorrow, we got to move fast. Number three, how do you buy? 
Based on the first two answers, I can now adequately decide if and how I set a next step. And this was stolen from the Gong 30 MPC 90 Minute Masterclass, and you can steal it too in the show notes.